0: Hello and welcome to another episode with Coach Kathy on Proudly ADHD at work and in business. Today I want to talk about a topic that is often talked about, it's often um, written about, and pretty much is, I think it's it's a pain in everyone's, you know what. (laughs) This topic is around time management and especially for professionals who are in um either you're working for yourself or you're in an office environment time management <clears throat> managing your calendar managing your day it's a challenge and on top of that not only is it a challenge for every person it's a major challenge times 10 for adults with ADHD so what would be that ideal image of um, time management? What what do we really are are trying to strive for? So, some of the ideal images of time management would be um, decluttering your office and your mind. That would be an ideal way of if, if you could do that, um, you you would have that um, declutter of the office of your mind, so you can focus on things. Uh, Another ideal image would be to become proficient in managing projects and tasks, knowing when to transition from one task to another, from one project to another, to see projects through even, which is a whole other show in itself of of completion, if you will. De-stressing about not having enough time to get things done. That's another ideal image of us always feeling like we're against time. And truly, some days I do feel like that. There isn't really enough time in a day. But, I mean, it is what it is. Another um, ideal image of, of what we're striving for is to recognize um, your non-negotiables and staying committed. So not getting distracted by shiny new projects, shiny new conversations, but really staying focused. And also to identify the triggers that pull you off course and set you... Um, up for uh, essentially not finishing things and then having your whole day go by saying, oh my God, I never got anything done today. What the hell happened? So those are some of the things we're striving for. So with that comes a whole bunch of emotions around how do we feel about time management? So there's a few ways that you could look at this. And I truly believe in that um, having a the proper perspective, the proper lens in seeing how you see time can really have an impact. So we all know that our thoughts create our emotions, and then they create our actions. So if we're constantly thinking we're against time and there's not enough time, then there's emotions that come up with that. So some emotions could be that time is continually working against me, Time is something that I continually fight against. Another one could be that I can and will develop effective strategies towards managing time. And the more positive you get, it goes into, I can relax and do nothing, or I can create something. It's completely my choice, and time is a gift. If we come from that place of looking at time, things become much easier throughout our day, at work, in the office, in our business. So I'll leave you with that a little bit as I go on, but think about that. It's the way I shifted going from time is continually against me to time is a gift. You woke up in the morning, you opened your eyes, you're breathing, it's a gift. What are you going to do with it, right? So if we look at time management, we weren't born with a skill. It's a skill. Um, some will call it an art and a science, and really it truly is. Is how creative are you to dealing with time management, and then also the scientific things that that go behind it and, and really understanding how your brain works, your energy levels, your willpower levels, and so forth. So since we weren't born with this skill, and if you didn't learn it and learn how to manage it, then the expectation of figuring out um, how to do it It is really uncalled for. It actually creates stress because you think you're supposed to have known how to do this, but then you don't. But then who the heck taught it to you? Unless you took many, many courses in time management, which is a different story. So with that, there's a few things that you need to be looking at. There's how do you prioritize your day? How do you then arrange that priority throughout the day? How do you organize your tasks, Um, which is a different thing? and budgeting the time that it takes to do things, and then scheduling them. Each of these buckets really have um, their own specific importance, and it's a formula that that needs to be followed. Um, And and you don't get to really see it till you start writing it out, putting it in front of you, and then kind of keeping a daily journal to kind of track through and see how uh, your days are going, and then identifying patterns. So five reasons people don't achieve goals. Lack of intention, lack of inner desire to achieve more than what they have wanted to achieve, so they really don't feel that drive or motivation to do it. Fear of failure, what if I said to do it and then I fail, what am I going to do next? And also fear of success, wow, now I've created this amazing time management thing that works, now I have to stick to it. That creates a lot of pressure for us as well, is figuring out how do we sustain it. So fear of success is very much as real as fear of failure. And then do, not knowing how to set the goals the right way. So these five things really affect why we end up not achieving our goals. So goal setting is a bit of a formula. It's, it's really looking at it from that scientific angle and saying, where are we trying to go with this? What is that outcome that we want to get to? What is that day looking like? What are the things you want to achieve in that day? What do you want to accomplish for that day, essentially? Is 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 you know is it a project you need to finish? Is it your taxes that you need to do that day for your business? Is it invoices that you've forgotten to send to your clients? And what will it take for you to get there? So these three questions, every time, at the beginning of every day, is really important to set that and for some of us we may do it the night before we may do it three days in advance whatever that works for you but kind of stick with these three questions where are you going what do you want to accomplish what will it take you to get there these would be kind of like your guiding principles if you will then it comes to prioritizing them so there is a school of thought out there, and this is not something I made up, it's, it's from different resources that I've pulled, is identifying the big A agendas in your life. The way I look at my big A agendas are things that I personally have to get done, that there's nobody else that I can delegate to, um, I can't negotiate with anybody else, I need to get it done. So for example, this podcast is a big A agenda for me, I like to do this weekly I have so far been successful in doing it weekly, and I can't delegate it to anybody else to do it because these are my thoughts and my, um, uh, you know, words that are coming out. So it's a big A agenda for me. A- another prioritization would be that are what are your non-negotiables? What are the things that you cannot deviate from? So for me, one thing in the past was I would skip out on lunch and i would just go through my day without any breaks start my morning and then all the way through and i would skip lunch and i would even if i was having a business lunch i would have it with somebody so i really wasn't really being mindful of eating and what i've did at towards the end of my corporate career is my lunches became my time So I really made sure that I was taking my lunches because it also affected my brain and how I moved through the rest of my day. So that was a non-negotiable for me. So I would really block out that lunch hour for me. Even if it was a small snack, it was one hour dedicated to me. Everybody kind of knew that Kathy doesn't, lunch hours is is really her lunch hour. Um, Here and there, there would be times where I would be flexible. But at the same time, I set that standard that really lunch hours are, are something that I need to hold precious to myself. It's my downtime and my recharge time. And, and it works for everybody differently. But the point is the non-negotiable. What are the things that you cannot um, not do? So if you're a team leader and you're managing a team and team meetings are important for you and you want to show up to those team meetings, that's important and it's non-negotiable and you, that that part of agenda needs to stay on your calendar, If you're a business owner and you need to meet with your mentor or your um, accountant on a monthly basis to get through your paperwork, that's a non-negotiable. That meeting needs to happen. Another thing to identify when you're prioritizing your goals is identifying the little A agendas in your life or in your career or in your work. So the little A agendas are things that you can actually move around and also be able to delegate to others, so it's not about I need to be at every single meeting when they're brainstorming, but I can be at every other meeting when the team is brainstorming. So, so it, it's it's really understanding which ones of are of value for you and the rest of your team, and which ones are nice to have. And you would like to be there, but if you're not there, that's okay. They're going to do without and they're going to be just fine. Maybe uh, you can send a note and say, hey, I can't attend this meeting, but here's my thoughts around the topic you guys are talking about. So I know that at one point I became um, the slave to my calendar, really. It was everybody and my coach at the time told me, she goes, Kathy, everybody else owns your calendar, but you. And we all know that in corporate settings, in professional settings, that calendar fills up pretty darn quick and double booking and triple booking. Now, which one do you go to? And what if you don't go to that one? And fear of missing out kicks in and all of that stuff. So what I ended up doing was really take ownership of my calendar back. And I would only go to the meetings that I really had to go and I had to contribute and I had to help with decision making. On some, I would delegate my staff to go on my behalf. It empowers them. They liked going into these meetings and getting exposure and and kind of seeing what else is out there, um, getting their voice heard, um, which, which helped with their inner internal um, networking capabilities. Um, and also, it empowered them to come back and say, hey, Kathy, that was really good. And here's some of the things I learned. And then to just get the debrief of it was a blessing. But during that hour, I did other things that were of importance to me, but the, the, my non-negotiables, my big A agendas. So I really refocused my calendar that way. So that those are some of the, the three things that you can do around prioritization. Another big important factor when it comes to time management is boundaries, people. I cannot um, emphasize this enough, and I, I visualize an image of a squirrel that's like, okay, there we go. There we go. I'm going to be here. I'm going to be there. But you really need to tame that inner um, squirrel. What are your beliefs around what others view um, when it comes to boundaries? So, just because I was saying that my lunch break is my lunch break, um, I wasn't trying to be antisocial, I wasn't trying to prove a point. I was just saying that this is me and I need this time to recharge for the rest of my busy afternoon. I worked in a um, high-tech, fast-paced company, and I really needed that recharge. So you can also be positive about helping others get buy-in to these boundaries that you're creating. That, look, um, when I'm at my desk and my headphones are on or my office door is closed, this is crunch time for me. I am head down. I am focusing. uh, Please don't interrupt. Uh, But I did that with a bit of casual conversations over coffee, jokingly talking to someone. You know, there's ways, nice ways of kind of explaining the way you're managing your day so that people don't misunderstand and feel like, oh, she's so antisocial or he's so antisocial. It's more around, wow, this person has boundaries and really knows how to manage their day, which actually comes from a way of inspiring others. Um, If you're getting your stuff done and you're still part of the team and you're still pumping out good stuff, people will want to know what your tricks are and they want to join that. So trust me, everybody's struggling with time management. So if you set an example for that, people will follow. And those that don't follow, then that's their problem. Or if they take it personally, then they've got deeper issues. It has nothing to do with you. So really understand what works for you and what boundaries you're trying to create. Another thing that's really important to understand is our perception of time. This is huge for us with ADHD. So there is this this inner clock that, that some of us have of how long we think something takes but then how long actually something takes. So if I sit down and think I'm going to do a PowerPoint presentation to pitch my marketing um, idea to our executives, uh, before I would get into it, I would say, okay, I'm going to block off two hours and do this. Two hours would go into three hours, into four hours, because a whole lot of things happen. The minute I open that PowerPoint, then I'm Google searching. Through my Google search, I get distracted by some images. Then I'm off to a tangent to something else, and then you know the rest. It just kind of goes off track. So realizing how long it takes to do a PowerPoint versus an email versus a business meeting, all of those are really important. So the value of Keeping a bit of a tally of your day, a journal of your day of going through the motions and write down how long actually each task took and then go back and realize, oh, okay, that email that I send, let's say you have a weekly communication email you need to send out. If it does take you 15 minutes, but to get there, you think it may take you two hours, Um, There's that difference. So understanding that your mind may think the effort of writing this is two hours, but in actuality, the minute you start writing, it's 15 minutes and you banged it out. Right there, you're telling your brain, look, reality check. This is the time this takes. So then you're able to better structure your day. So some of us, when we're looking at the perception of time, we really need to realize a few of these things, the activities, how long you think it takes and how long it actually takes. Now don't forget throughout the day, there's certain things that you're going to do anyways like these are the regular normal things that we do as human beings so sleeping, eating activities, commuting, working with being with family and being social, personal time all of that needs to be squeezed in to that day somehow somewhere right it, these are your regulars you're doing these things you're you're being a human you are being so Remember that when you have those things and then you've got activities on top of that, how much time does that really truly leave you with? I remember I went through an exercise with a coach of mine where she made me go through one day and as I was going through the day, I was plotting out, you know, first she's like, you know, let's go through all the things that you're going to do that day that you're going to do regardless. So it's commute, uh, picking up my daughter from daycare the sleep, the brushing the teeth, the cooking a lunch, all of that stuff. So we first loaded all of that for, from, you know, the whole day. Then in that, between those, there were free times. Then for that one day, and this is in my uh, business side, not my corporate side, she goes then, plot in the things you need to get done as a business owner. As I started to plot in the free times that I had with business activities for that one day, I realized I only had four hours, which was quite eye opening for me to see that. Holy shit, I have only four hours to do business activities. Because that day was filled with a lot of things that were life, and I had to do those things. So the minute you start to realize there's only so much time in a day to do certain things, A, you start to get a little bit nicer to yourself, feeling like, oh, okay. So I didn't think I had like eight hours and I wasted my whole eight hours. What did I do all day? In reality, there were only four hours that I could do business items. And then what are the things that I really want to get done in those four hours? Because then I'm forced to be really thoughtful of the activities because there were only four hours in that day. So you see then prioritization naturally kicks in. Because you have the reality in front of you of how much working hours you truly have. And then what are you going to do with those hours? So that motivation then becomes much more stronger. And with I believe with the people with ADHD, the minute you see that purpose, then, um, you know, it, it really hits home because you're, you now have it visually. So what the thought that I want to leave you with with all of this is a couple of things, actually, not one, two things. Realize the emotion and the thoughts that you have around time management. So, how do you? What do you think about time management? And what's the feeling that that you're getting from that? If there's resistance, there's woe me, there is victim. Know that you're not going to get anything done when you're in that mindset. When you're in that um, uh, perspective. But the minute you let go and say, there's solutions, I'm a highly creative genius, and there's ways that I can think about this and, and figure it out, um, then you, your, your feelings get a little bit uplifted. You start to feel better about it, you feel empowered, and, and you start going to make some changes that, that are going to move you forward. The other thing is really take a journal of a couple of days of, of your work days in the office or in your business and figure out what are you doing those days? How are you delegating? Are you going to to so many meetings because you don't want to miss out on things? Because you don't have to fix everything for everyone. You don't have to be there. I know we're, we're amazing helpers when it comes to wanting to just be out there and help everybody, but to what expense? right? So tally your days, plot it out, Time block it. It's essentially that's the exercise we went through. We put a time on everything and then see the bigger picture. If it takes you five minutes to brush your teeth, but your head thinks it's a half an hour task because it's a boring task, I get it. Know that it is a five minute thing. So, timers start timing yourself with these activities just so you can see and tell your brain look how long it actually took me. It wasn't as long as I thought it was. Then your brain starts to let go of that anxiousness, that anxiety about the task. And really own your calendar. Third point, I'm throwing that in there. As a business owner, as a professional, know when, how many networking meetings you want to go through in a week. Just because everybody wants to meet with you and have coffee with you doesn't mean they're the right meetings and the right fit. You can set examples and and standards around, I'm going to do three business networkings a month and that's it. And schedule them out, right? And keep those boundaries that, sorry, I only can do three a month because the rest of it, I got to focus on other things. So set goals around that and set boundaries so people understand and stick to them. The more you do this, that art and a science is going to kick in and you're going to be able to come up with more creative ways of managing your day and not feeling that resistance of, oh God, I need to manage my day again. So with that, I'm going to leave you with um, these thoughts, and I hope that um, you were inspired and got one thing out of this whole podcast today, and um, wish you all the best. Talk to you in the next episode.